Laz Alonso, who plays Hector Negron, is Mother's Milk now, which I don't watch the oh, boys. Oh, shit. He's Mother's Milk. That's <laughs> right. Dude got buff for the, for the boys. He was a string bean in this movie. <laughs> I finally watched. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Miracle at St. Anna. So, this movie came out in 2008, two years after Inside Man, which I think even after this month is still probably my favorite Spike Lee movie. Um, probably Do the Right Thing is more important, but uh, I love Inside Man. And so... I got some friends together. Uh, we went to like movie theater to see this, and we we're probably an hour in. And my friend turns to me and he was like, "Man, this movie's long." I was like, "I was like, it's th- I was like, it's two hours and forty minutes, man. We're not even halfway done." He's like, "What the fuck, really?" <laughs> um, but I was sitting there enjoying it the whole time. Like I didn't really care about him, and I haven't seen it since. So it's been fifteen years, and so in that time. There are two things that stuck with me. Okay. There is the German lady in the beginning yelling over the loudspeaker. And I all all today just kept saying to myself, Buffalo Soldiers. Oh my to god. Myself. I, for, I forgot about that. I split this movie up into two watches yesterday and today. And I forgot about the German lady in the beginning. I got two white biscuits right here for you, boys. Um, and then the other thing is Renata's boobs at the end. They really oh. stuck with me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, not to be too lecherous, just really being funny. But I, this movie is actually fairly poorly rated. Um, and I don't really, I guess I, I understand why, but separating it from that, I think it's actually a pretty great movie. Um, the reason that a lot of people don't like it is because the massacre at Saint Anna is a real thing. And this sort of treats it as a plot device. I mean, rather than actually kind of addressing what happened, you know, this is a fictionalized story around a real event, like a real war crime that Germany committed in Italy. And so a lot of people are upset, like that it wasn't given sort of the proper treatment and you have this fake story that surrounds it. Um, Separating that out, I think it's a really great war movie. It's a really great... um, it's once again, Spike puts a lot of like sort of commentary into the movie about black soldiers and how they were used in World War II. Um, but also just like the dynamics of the soldiers are very interesting. And it's like the story all ties together. I will say like there were some parts here and there where I wrote down some notes where I was like, didn't like that, could have cut that, you know, here and there. Like there's definitely room for improvement. But I mean, at the end of this movie, even as cheesy as it was, I, f- I fucking started tearing up. I think it's it's one of my favorite Spike movies now. I think I. I don't know how I feel about it compared to like Do the Right Thing and Malcolm X. But you kind of have to put Inside Man in a different category, right? Because it's wildly entertaining, but it's not as deep as the other movies we've been doing this month. Right. Um, but there's just something about this movie that's just like. 
I don't know, the ending, right? The ending especially where it really hits you, like everything kind of falls into place and you it hits you in the in the feels. <laughs> uh but but can, I I you know Spike Lee is such a talented director, but you don't I I feel like you don't really see it sometimes. Um his dialogue is great and I feel like you get that in movies like 25th Hour, but his whole way of like shooting a scene at some points it might seem a little on the nose. I think you get some of that in this. But then other times you're just like, oh, everything is just so well done. It's just like really highlights him as a as a great director. Uh, and I think the ending for this movie is one of those. But I am curious if that I I felt like that the ending was a little bit more telegraphed this time. Although I was like, is John Leguizamo the little boy or is that just Italian dude that was running around? What is John Leguizamo doing in this movie? So well, we're also- gonna we're gonna talk about the whole beginning of the movie because I have some questions myself. Um, like like, yeah. But I, but I do think that I think maybe upon second viewing that the whole twist and the the payoff at the end works a little less. Obviously, that's how most movies work. But it, you can see like it's a little over telegraphed. But yeah, upon first viewing, when that all happened, I mean that's probably why I love this movie so much the first time I watched it. I will say, this is the very end, but it's whatever. It's so fucking obvious that that kid is um, is Angelo at the end. The guy is Angelo. And he's yeah. like, it's me, the boy, Angelo. And then, <laughs> then Hector says Angelo like 30 times as the movie ends. It was like, we get it. Just stop. Like, we got it before. So so it's funny about that because I was trying to cram the ending of it earlier today. Um, my mom was supposed to pick me up and we were supposed to go to lunch. And so I'm watching this movie and she's like, I am five minutes away. And this movie is like 15 minutes from being done, including credits. But I don't know how long the credits are. So I'm watching this movie and he's on the beach and he's talking to the guy. And he turns and he starts running and you see the guy with the statue head. And I got to go. So... I'm just like etching towards the door, trying to finish this movie, waiting till the credits roll black. And he grasps the guy's hand. The guy says, it's me, Angelo. And then I, I just have to fucking go. Right. So I was like, well, shit, I wonder how this ends. So I pause it right there and I go. <laughs> and like a couple hours later, I come back. I was like, I got to finish this fucking movie. Ten seconds, <laughs> ten seconds left of the movie. I was like, "Oh, I just, I did finish it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, that was it." But it's so funny because, and I guess we'll just start now. But when you when you go into the beginning of this movie, it's actually this really cool setup where you have this guy you don't know who he is going to this bank. You don't know what bank. And then he starts his job as a teller and he's kind of going up against some some people, I guess, like just everyday kind of retail shit. And then you have this guy who comes up to him, asking for stamps. He recognizes him. He says his name and he pulls out a fucking gun and shoots him point blank. Right. This is how the whole movie starts for me. I did not expect the way that this movie would start that way. And I was just like, OK, cool. I'm in. I know it's going to happen. It's like 1980s. Cool. It's going to do a flashback. We're going to learn who this guy is, why he shot him, everything like that. I was like, I got it. I'm super cool. But it doesn't cut right to it. You have this whole thing with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt being like the starter reporter 
and trying to like get the one up right and, yep. like, and so the whole movie in my head was going to be flashback to 1944 get a little bit of the story go back to present day quote unquote present day the 1980s get a little bit of more of like joseph gordon levitt's stuff right and then go back and forth you don't you don't you hear joseph gordon levitt again at the end but you never see the dude again you never see the cop played by uh what's his face john turturro john turturro and um and i was just like oh wow this is like that's different i didn't expect it to be that way you know you know so that beginning it's a post office right at first, at first, it starts off oh, with him. It's a post. Well, that makes sense with stamps. Yeah. It first starts out with him watching a John Wayne War movie, and he says, "You know, we were there too. Like, hey, black people were there too, because uh, I think that in the movie it was all like all white people fighting." Um, and then yeah, it talks about the scene. What's interesting is that that opening scene after he shoots him is almost an homage to Inside Man, kind where of. John Turturro is dressed up like Denzel Washington from Inside Man. The the post office looks like the a bank, bank. Yeah. from Inside Man. Yeah. Um, and then the music in a lot of the movies, it, I'm sure it's probably the same person scored both because the music sounds so similar in a lot of points of that movie. And I love the score from Inside Man too. From there, well, also both involve Nazis, right? But from there, you go to uh, the guy's house and you find the statue head. They bring the statue head to art dealer. Art dealer identifies it as the missing head of a statue of famous bridge in, in Italy that the Germans blew up. So it's like the missing head of the statue. It's worth millions of dollars. And then you get to like the interrogation room of the of the guy. And somehow, I guess, Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets in there and starts like, what is up with you? Who are you? Why did we find like a million dollar statue head in your thing? back to the flash you know back to his past and then we just start with like the whole war from from the get-go when they get separated on the uh on the river you said we we're gonna talk about john leguizamo and yet <laughs> you try to skip over it oh yeah 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 john leguizamo is in there like fucking a dude fucking <laughs> sorry <laughs> fucking a girl very beautiful woman mm-hmm. um I meant like do it as in like, you know, a person, whatever. Not important. She's not important and he's not important. And he's so not important that it took me aback of how not important he is. It made me feel like he was some sort of like art thief or something. Well, he and- dealt in he dealt in Nazi art. And so I think the point of just showing this scummy person and like the making money off of this horrific thing, right? That like, we've almost forgotten about how horrible these people, you know, this time in history and these people were the way he was playing with the paper with like the paper, the side of the paper he wasn't looking at had the, the story about the head being found and then it flying out the window. It was all to me. It was almost playing with like, Oh, okay. If he caught wind of it, he could go after it or something bad could happen in that sense. But the fact that it eluded him and then fell down to this guy at the bottom of the cafe was like, I don't know why, but with such little setup, I felt relief that John Leguizamo was not aware of it. Yeah, I don't, but it's probably not even supposed to be doing that. 
it just felt like a lot of people just wanted to be in a Spike Lee movie. You know what I mean? Because then we go to the next part and you have Michael K. Williams just playing a part where you know he's going to die any second, right? He's crying out for his mama. He's like, I don't want to be here. And then he gets shot. He's one of the first people killed. Besides, I guess oh, you're, the, you're the talking leader. about you're talking about when we're back in 1944, right? Correct. I, yeah. Can we talk about the guy who gets the newspaper? He's at the bottom of the cafe. That's the guy from the end. Yeah, that's Angelo. OK, OK, OK. So we're not Angelo. supposed to know that yet. We're, we're, Angelo. <laughs> but no, <laughs> it just seemed like Jake. It seemed like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, John Leguizamo, Michael K. Williams. It seemed like they all wanted to be in a Spike Lee movie. And they're like, whatever tiny part you have. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Because like they could all do bigger things. That's true. And especially like Joseph Gordon-Levitt at this time was pretty damn popular, actually. Um, the the whole thing of the movie, you know, Spike kind of sticks in humor where you don't necessarily think humor would go or his characters are so like out there you're like is he trying to be funny right now or or i don't know i don't quite understand what's going on this whole beginning part to me was like that it felt like because especially because it's a world war ii nazi germany uh, movie it felt like this movie is what would happen if spike lee directed inglorious bastards yeah i mean i i mean i guess somewhat similar especially with the german woman in, in the beginning you know it's a complete yeah oh you know that part for sure definitely felt like a little QT ish um the rest of it the tone of it to me is so different like once they get in that little italian town um but yeah the 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 beginning and i love too you know as the the white woman is speaking over the speakerphone to them all the german soldiers like what the fuck is she saying will they shut her up we can't even afford food but they're paying this lady um there's just like how and it's also it's playing into the fact that like they were losing at this time, right? Like they were. Yeah, I was gonna, it's the end. It's the end of World yeah. War Two. Yeah. Yeah. It's very close to the end. Um, you also at this time see train like carrying this head. And I just the whole time the first time I saw this and now just thinking like that has to be so fucking heavy. He's a he's a big guy. He's a chocolate giant, David. <laughs> he's the biggest black guy you've ever seen. Like, how <laughs> will we know it's them? It's the biggest black guy you've ever seen. Let's talk about Boyd Crowder in this, too, because like as I live and breathe, (laughs) he plays such a horrible like as he does. He's pretty good at it. Such a disgusting character. Yeah, Um, there is him and then John Hawks, who plays the the ice slop owner at the at that one point in the movie. Just like. You're like. Hey, their agent calls like we got another part where you play like a really shitty racist. <laughs> He's like, of course, of course. All right, let's get go. Where am I? Where am I flying to? What 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 did the ice slop guy play before? No, I'm just saying he just looks like that. He was in oh. um, he was in what's that? Jennifer Lawrence's first movie, Winter's Bone, which that doesn't really have to do with racism. Mm-hmm. It has to do with I've never seen it. I really, tale. I really want to see it. He just has a look about him. You know what I'm saying? Sure, that he, yeah. That he backcountry, you know. That that almost felt like a melodrama. That whole scene where like he kicks he kicks the black soldiers out of his. It felt like a vengeance, like daydream, really. You know what I mean? Like a because they could in. I mean, in real life, if you do that, like they're gonna get in trouble, right? 
but but even like the whole thing where like he kicks the the black soldiers out of his shop and he turns to his son and goes that's how you treat him boy he's like "Mm mm-hmm it's just did not seem real happy about it (laughs) but it just felt like like on the nose i guess is a good way of describing it but like you said almost like like a daydream and then they turn back around and cock their guns and and you're like yeah <laughs> so i said to you i guess this is a good time to start talking about it now my first watch of this i came away thinking michael ely who plays bishop was the biggest piece of shit you told me this and i was like he's he's a grade a jerk at best he's still an asshole but it I, to me, I like when I first watched it, I kind of like the focus. There was a bigger focus to me on like. I don't know, I felt like Renata and Stamps sort of had a thing going, but then you realize it was like one scene where he's like, oh, you have a husband. OK, yeah, probably. And then she just like goes and fucks the asshole. You know what I mean? And it's just like and and when when it gets down to it, he's like he's annoyed by it. He's like mad. He's like, oh, well, I you know, thought we had something and you sleep with the biggest piece of shit. But then he makes some comment about how tight she was and he like just beats the shit out of him. And they like go at it. Um, it's really just like because he was it was playing into the like he's such a shitty, disrespectful person. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean a hundred percent, but he wasn't he wasn't a traitor. He wasn't a Nazi. I think there were worse people in the movie that that you could put him up against that you're like, oh, OK, he's not that bad. He's just kind of a, a kind of a dick. Right. Um, but it it's funny because I could imagine like watching this for the first time, like looking at it through your eyes, like a younger you being like, man, why does he get- nice guy? No. Why is he not enough? He's the nice guy. No, no, no. I was going to say you're just watching the movie and you're just like, mm. Why can't I get with Renata's tits? <laughs> she has other parts about her, Alon. Uh, this time when you were like, she kind of looks like, um, what's her name from Anna, Hour? Anna Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I definitely see it now. Well, especially when like in the first part of the movie, when you see her and she's just half lit the whole time. Uh huh. That's and but when she yeah, steps, when you can barely see her, she looks exactly like her. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. When she steps out and she's like fully lit, I was like, oh, that's not Anna Paquin at all. I was like, damn, I didn't know Anna Paquin could do such like a fucking great accent, speak fluent, fluent Italian. I was like, holy damn. So they start getting shot at. A couple of them make it across the river and they call into Boyd and say, we need an airstrike. And he's like, they're lying about their position. This part doesn't really make any sense to me because it's like either way you know the germans are on the other part of the river so why are you not shooting on the other part of the river you know what i mean so the only thing that i could think of logically would be he maybe thought that they've made it to the other side of the river i don't know not 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 the not the u.s soldiers but the germans like made it to the other side of the river maybe he didn't believe that these black soldiers could hold down the front line as well as they did and then and then they, you know, they pay for it and he pays for it. I, I like this movie because everyone gets what they deserve, except our good guys, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? Um, so the four main characters make it across the river, although we don't know that right away. But we see Bishop and Train make it across and they run up the hill and they see just a thing of hay moving. And this is where it starts with the Bishop kind of being an asshole. He tells Train to go check it out because he's like, I'm not checking it out. I don't know. I don't want to get involved. 
And it's just a boy who's like created a, a stealth device to get around. And he's talking to someone named Arturo. And you have no idea. It's like, is this an imaginary friend? Which the reveal on that, I forgot. So it's pretty fucking gut punching when that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, and a beam falls on him and the chocolate giant <laughs> pulls it off of him um, and then saves him. And then the, a German soldier walks in and I was like, is that guy important or is it just, <laughs> I don't know. Nope. I don't think so. I thought that was the Hans guy that was missing at first. That they're like, the you know, butterfly? In a scene... no, butterflies. Um, so in a scene later, a, a huge German commander walks up to this guy who, by the way, is supposed to be like the good German in this, right? There's several good Germans, which is like not a thing you really do in 2023. You don't like all the Nazis have to be really evil. Um, but there's a commander who's like, I'm over this war. I just want to get back to my family. And then a bigger guy that comes in, he's like, all right, a few things. One, we're about to do an offensive. Two, you got to kill this butterfly guy. Any means necessary, we got to kill him. And three, there's this guy who defected and you got to find him. And like when that guy leaves, he's talking to his, you know, the the good German guy, for lack of a better, I don't know his fucking name, um, is like, dude, we got to find that guy and maybe like, give him some nice food before he gets all his teeth fucking pulled out. Cause like something's up with that. They won't explain to him why they want him. When you find out later, it's because he saw the massacre and he defected and they're like, we committed a war crime. So we like have to get that guy. Like we have to get everyone on the same page. We have to kill that guy. Um, <laughs> right. Right. You know, when you say good German, I think uh, Jojo rabbit kind of gets uh, shit for, for a scene where they represent good Germans, good Nazis, or I mean, you know what I mean? But if you've seen it, you know what I mean. Um, if you don't, you don't, you don't, and go see it, and don't judge me. But um, I think you, I think you could look at it being like, oh, you shouldn't give you shouldn't give a character arc to a Nazi or whatever. I think, especially since, and both of these movies are depicting the end of World War II, right? You're not at the beginning where where Hitler is like running supreme, right? It's it's at the end where everything is going to shit for them, and. I think showing a Nazi kind of not really believing in everything he's believed before is an interesting way of saying like even Hitler never held enough power to like keep everyone in the dark, right? It's like even even uh even at the end they were like wow, this is fucking stupid. I think that's a good thing to show. Well, I mean, I think this is it's not so, like people, a lot of people, when they bitch about movies now, basically are like, you need to make a movie, an after school special, where you explain at the end, like, hey, Nazis were bad. And just so you know, like, we're letting you know. In reality, the entire gambit of humankind is like, you know, the like, there's good people and bad people in every society. In the German no. society, in the German society at this time, there were shitty people all the way down the spectrum to some good people. And they all like a lot of them became Nazis and some that even didn't want to, you know, some didn't become Nazis and they kind of were persecuted in their own country too. Right. And so there were people who were Nazis who did actions that you could look at and be like, those are good actions. Whether in your mind or the viewer's mind that absolves them what they did, that's fucking on you, man. Yeah. So like if you can't handle a movie where it shows a Nazi at the end, hand a gun to our protagonist and like, hey, man, good luck. Get the fuck out of here. 
Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, stuff like that probably happened. <laughs> so just, just fucking deal with it and, like, figure out how you feel about it. And how you feel about it is how you feel about it. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, so, so then there was an explosion in the barn, and Bishop is like, ah, this is another reason he's a shitty person. You know, he is a shitty person. He's like, ah, fuck train. He's dead. I'm out. And then he just leaves. And then they see he catches up with the other two guys, Hector and Stan. I thought it was an interesting choice that Hector is the guy that lives at the end. I thought it was an interesting choice too. When I tried to explain this to Taylor, she was like, "Oh, the main guy." I was like, "I think the movie did a pretty good job, like giving all these people opportunity." She was like, "No, the main guy who got with Renata." And I was like, "Well, first of all, it's not the main guy, and second of all, that's not the one who lives." Booby Miles is the main guy. Aubrey Stamps. That's another reason I was like, because. It, I agree, like watching it this time, it is more of an ensemble piece. But coming off of Friday Night Lights with Derek Luke playing Booby Miles and like being like kind of a big fucking deal at that time, he's the main character in my eyes when I watched it in 2008. Well, of, well, yeah, because you you know that that's him in the in the flash forward, right? So like, well, no, it's day. not. Booby oh, shit. Miles, no, 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 shit, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, right. Booby Miles is stamps. Uh Laz Alonzo, who plays Hector Negron, is Mother's Milk now, which I don't watch the oh, boys. Oh, shit. He's Mother's Milk. That's <laughs> right. Dude got buff for the, for the boys. <laughs> he was a string bean in this movie. I like I knew you would appreciate that, but I was Holy like, I don't know. I, don't I didn't boys. even. Damn, dude. But listen, actually, you could even make a you could make a case for every one of those four people. That's why I think it's more of an ensemble character. movie like those four. I don't think anyone gets any more screen time necessarily. I mean, they're probably obviously someone does, but I, I think it's pretty well divided between their stories in, in kind of a good way. Um, so then we get this little, uh, you know, we see like a flashback to when that rocket was sent off. That's like, here you go, Hitler. And it hits a power line that somehow turns power back on for this one guy, um, which like, I don't know. There's a lot of like almost like there's religion mixed with like mysticism in this movie. And like, I think uh, having a movie called Miracle of Saint at Saint Anna has to have some mysticism in it. Right. And so the guy's like, why the fuck did my power come back on? And he's also like, fuck, they're going to (laughs) think that I'm a bad guy because my power came back on, which they do. Um, which which he kind of is because he's he he's a fascist and everyone knows he's a fascist like he goes to he signs up to the fascist party but it's only f- to like save his own skin he's a yeah, he, uh, he's kind of a survivor i mean he is a fascist right because they, they keep t- saying that he is one um and he's very quick with the heil hitlers whenever he needs to that might be a survival thing but he definitely that might be a, a problem that might be a problem yeah. Is he a fascist? Is the butterfly a fascist? I don't know which side's on which. So I'm I, confused. Is the butterfly the guy that comes into town later on with the with the German guy? Yeah, yeah. Rodolfo. Uh, the butterfly is... I forget what his name is, but yeah, he's the butterfly. And he's, then, a, he's a chiseled-looking five o'clock shadow he's good, dude. He's a good-looking motherfucker, that guy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, for a while, was like, is that Renata's husband? But no, I, I don't thought that, that too. I thought that too. That's That, that was my first inclination, because she just mentioned, she's like, I have a husband. This guy fucking rolls up. You think what would be even more interesting is the butterfly is her husband. Well, or Marco was her husband. The guy yep. that he killed. Rodolfo. We don't. That's true, too. Yeah, we don't meet that guy. So 
they roll up to Renata's door right after, you know, they're, um, they're, uh, they're talking. Oh, we forgot about, they go to, we go to central command and they find out the Germans are planning a counteroffensive. And that's where like central command finds out that four black soldiers have made it across. And he's like their commander, uh, Boyd Crowder didn't believe that they made it across. So he fired in the wrong spot. And they're <laughs> just like, just shitting on his character so much. And, um, so then they knock on Renata's door and they bring the boy in and they're like, we're staying the night. So you got to deal with that shit. <laughs> There's also this big play to like bring the kid to the hospital and not just like fucking leave him in the with him. And that's kind of their downfall is like trying to do the right thing by this kid and not getting the fuck out of there. Right. Yep. Yep. Um. You also have the fact that they're completely surrounded by Germans. And then on top of everything, Boyd Crowder gives them an extra mission. Fucking dumbest shit I've ever heard. Go and capture a German Nazi soldier. Hold him until we get there. And I mean, the dudes were as pissed as I was when he told them that. Because I was just like, how the hell are they supposed to just find a German Nazi soldier? And they do. They do almost immediately in the most convenient way. I think the plot is a little convoluted where you needed them to stay in the town. You didn't need them to be searching for a German soldier. You just could have been like, we can't get out of here right now. We're going to have to we're going to have to hang tight until we can. Right. But the fact that the fact that they do and then, you know, the butterfly with his prisoner and his troop come in like the five person troop come in is like super convenient. And this is right after the Renata's tit scene. (laughs) Stop bringing it up. So you're just you're just like flabbergasted by them. And then you're like, what's going on? So we see Pepe and his guys right after we talked about the scene where the big German soldier He's big in rank and girth uh, is like, hey, we need to find the butterfly. And then we see the butterfly, Pepe and his guys. And it shows Rodolfo, who has a very distinct face. So it is interesting to me how we know that. I don't know. Did you know he was a bad guy going like he's the you knew that's the guy that got shot in the beginning, right? No. Okay. well, fuck me. Then I guess you didn't know. I was like, he's pretty recognizable face. Um, but again, this is my second but he, watch. But he's also older. He's also older in that. And they do call him Rodolfo by name, but I don't think you get his name until kind of later in the movie. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I It's hard for me to know how much of this was implanted. Hold on. Implanted on my brain from, you know, 15 years ago and like that I sort of subconsciously remembered and how much I was like figured it out again this time. Well, you also have it when they do show up and the kid is awake and the kid comes face to face with them. You pretty much know then you're pretty you're pretty much aware that the kid knows him from some somewhere, although he's making it hella complicated for everyone because he's, he's speaking in riddles. Everyone thinks he's possessed. Um, So that that part, I was like kind of slow, kind of like tracking through mud there. Yeah, so we get where they're trying to get out, and Renata says she can help, and the little boy will only eat for train, and then there's a scene where, you know, uh, Hector is, Hector is the radio man and the doctor, and he's giving medicine to the little boy, and the little boy grabs his rosary and kind of holds it, and they all get, like, really affected by it, 
and then the radio starts working and Boyd's like, Hey, I need you to grab a kraut and hang, hang low. Um, and then there's this really good scene right after this, which I think is like, you know, kind of a quintessential spike scene where you basically have Bishop, which I think represents probably more of the way spike thinks. And then you have stamps arguing where stamp sees himself more as an American as like, I'm making this country for myself and I'm going to have a future there. Even though later on in the movie, he's like, I don't even know if I believe that shit, but it's like what I'm fighting for. He's like later on in the movies, like, you know, these Italians don't treat me like a second class citizen or third class citizen. Like I am back home. Like I'm treated better here, which is mainly probably because he thought he was going to get with Renata. Um, but then you have Bishop in the scene. Who's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this I'm not this war isn't ours like what and he said that earlier to train in a scene where he's like you know why do you care about this boy his own parents don't care about this boy because they're like they started this war like white people don't care about their children because they keep going to war you know what I mean yeah. this is the second world war they keep doing the shit like do they really care about their kids why do you care about their kids right um and I think it's a really it's a really great scene where you're kind of getting two sides of the and it's it's the reason Spike wanted to do this movie right because you wanted to show one like the the black soldiers that were forced to fight in World War II, forced and chose to, to the way they were horribly treated, you know, at home. And then as they're fighting and sort of almost used as like bodies to be shot, and, you know, to, to take ammo. Um, and then, you know, just the way that kind of different soldiers would have thought about that. You know, it's, uh, it's a great scene. You, you kind of have a couple of scenes going on now, right, right after this is you have the dance hall, they're all dancing and um, you, you kind of have um, Bishop and Stamps both flirting with Renata, although Stamps definitely got there first. Uh, he called and dibs. Then, and then uh, did it really make you feel like they were trying to like get a threesome going on in that scene? I feel like Bishop would have been down. He was like, whatever, <laughs> whatever works, man. We'd like, I'm fine with that. Um, to me, it felt like it definitely felt like good guy, bad boy, like nice guy, bad guy or bad boy energy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, 100 percent. Dude, he even even when right before he had sex with her, he's like, you like jazz. <laughs> but it, it it really in retrospect, it was like. She, I mean, her husband's gone. She was horny. And like if if uh stamps had pursued it he would have gotten it right like she was interested in him dude she was she was naked in front of him and she was not in a hurry to put a top on yeah and he i think he was trying to be more respectful and then he's like you fucking hoe like you just like i can't believe you slept with this dude like unbelievable i think we all felt like that actually we whole audience felt like that um we also have like Bishop is always trying to push camel cigarettes onto people. Like, I think that's just like one of his little traits, right? He's just like, Hey, this is the, the finest American cigarettes I have to offer. So you, will that, will that work for you? Um, and then you also have, I think we talked about this briefly. We just have kind of a, just a lot of scenes to go through before the, the Nazis come, but we have the ice slop scene the flashback when they see the posters on yeah the... that happens that's like simultaneous with them arguing about yeah about you know their place in america i just i just didn't want to skip it because it brings up a really good point that they're serving germans 
but they wouldn't serve their own American people. But of course, they're African American, so they didn't view yeah, them. The Germans are pretty white, Alon. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. And they would serve the black people just through the back. That's no way to treat soldier. Even the, the even the white American soldiers were like, "Hey, res- you can still be racist. That's your American God given gift, but uh, you got to respect the uniform." They're like, yeah, nah. once they're in the uniform, you got to treat them as like white, basically, is what they're saying. Um, so after this, we get the party scene and the scene where Stamps says, I feel more free in Italy than my own country. And then the partisans show up and the little boy recognizes Rodolfo immediately and Rodolfo recognizes him immediately. And then the German recognizes the little boy and is like, I told you to run before. Need you to run again, which in the end he does run. That little boy does run. Um, and Boyd Crowder says he's coming himself, and they know something big is going on. So let and- me let me get this straight real quick. The German that Rodolfo's captured along with the butterfly is the one that defected and uh, saved at- the little boy and saved the little boy. Tried to save his brother Arturo. That didn't work out, and then, um. They're chasing him. But then Rodolfo is the guy who is the Italian who turned on his people. Yep. Yep. So how did Rodolfo and the butterfly connect? They're friends. But the butterfly doesn't know that Rodolfo. Turned. He does in the end. Yeah. Yeah. When he gets shot. Yeah. Um. So they talk to the little boy and this is the first time like he talks to Hector because uh train is like you know just talk to him man to tell him you know it's cool and he you know the german guy told me to run he's like why are you afraid of the german guy he's like i'm not afraid of the german guy he told me to run i'm he's my friend and you know there was a fire at the church he's like i'm afraid of the other one and then he tells hector tells stamps like hey i don't fucking trust this guy and so he puts hector and rodolfo in charge of watching the german and then they're also like, hey, Rodolfo, go up and check to see if there are any Germans coming. And he looks and it's all the Germans are coming. Every a single one of them. A ton of Germans. A shit ton. And yeah. he comes back down and he goes, nah, it's cool. It's fine. There's no Germans. Yeah, we're, we're good. And then he proceeds to stab the German in the neck, slice at uh, Hector and then yep. run off. Uh, so the German's dead. Hector is confused as all hell. Um, the German, no, sorry, Rodolfo meets up with the butterfly. You keep thinking Rodolfo's German. I swear. Well, because he's, 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 yeah, I know, but he's, he's a, a traitor. traitor. He's, he's a, a traitor. Benedict Arnold. Arnold. Um, so he's talking with the butterfly and the butterfly just like, I fucking know that you're the traitor. And then Rodolfo shoots him. Hector comes in with a guy, a gun and sh- basically chases him off. And he's gone. We never see him again. Yep. Well, we we did get this really cool scene. You know, we don't get the, the spike scene where someone's walking on the dolly shot. We don't get that. No, we but do. we did get the hug. We got the, the double double take on the hug. Which one's that? The spike shot where someone goes in for a hug and then it cuts right before they embrace and then backs up again and they it's a closer shot of them hugging each other again i didn't i didn't know i didn't know that was a thing that's a that's a very famous spike lee shot uh we and get we get these we get that we get these 
these intercutting scenes of prayer, which the Italians are praying, the black soldiers are praying, the German soldier that's been caught before he gets stabbed in the neck, he's praying. They're all basically saying the same prayer. Yep. Um, in like three all, different languages, right? German. All hell, yeah, all hell breaks loose. German, Italian, and English, yeah. And then uh, Bishop and Renata get it on because, you know, they're two young people with needs. We talk and about we talk about the massacre yet? So that's next. And that was really fucking hard to watch. Yeah. One of the hardest scenes to watch in a movie. Um, I was I was surprised how hard uh, that scene went. So and in that scene, they kill like 100 people in the courtyard. That part is real and happened. But before that, they had in real life killed like 400 other people. And the butterfly is like talking about this flashback because he thinks it's his fault. And it, you know, I mean, tangentially, it's really Rodolfo's fault and the Germans' faults. Um, and uh, this is fucking awful. Just fucking awful. But it, I think this is when we get the fact that we find out that Angelo has a brother named Arturo. That's who he's talking to. We find out that Rodolfo is the one that gave away these people and that Hans, the German that everyone's looking for, saved this little boy and knows about the massacre and they need to get him back. Um, so it really kind of ties all those ends together. And this is, you know, he's telling this scene to his mom and the butterfly's mom. I guess it's his mom, probably it's mom. Someone, you know, someone betrayed you, you have to find out. And, um, you know, then he confronts Rodolfo who, you know, kills him. So we get all of this to lead up to um, we're waiting on Boyd Crowder to come and get the German, right? But the German's dead, but they can't tell him that or he won't come. So uh, he gets here and you have this kind of standoff with the four guys and the rest of, of the commander's troops. And he trained has grown affectionate to the little boy. So he wants to take him with him. And he's like, I want to take care of him. And then he's like, no, you're not taking him. Uh, and then dude chokes a guy out by lifting him like five feet above the, uh, above his, above the ground. And you get the shot where you finally see the, the sleeping man statue or the sleeping man mountain range, uh, coinciding with, the guy he's choking out like the nose outline, the mouth outline, the head outline just kind of aligns with the actual mountain range called the sleeping man. Here I have a question for you, David. Why is Hector like, I know who the sleeping man is. Is she's talking about this random dude? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It was like, it's obviously a cool shot. And then, it, you know, there's the one old Italian guy who sees it. He's like, oh, the sleeping man. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a cool shot. I didn't really make any heads or tails of what it actually meant. <laughs> you you get uh, kind of the commander just being like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm out of here. You're on your own. Uh, I'll, you know, you... well, it's funny because he goes from like, no, you're not taking the boy, and he's like, I need to take the boy, and he's like, fuck it, take the boy, and then he's like, hey, don't curse, and he's like, all right, you can't take the boy anymore, <laughs> like it just goes <laughs> back and forth. And he's like, all right, um, 
I don't know what that he's like goose feathers or whatever that fucking guy's name is. Like the guy who's his second in command that spits yeah. in his water in the beginning. He's like, grab the boy from him. He's like, hey man, don't hurt me. And he's like, you better not fucking touch this boy. <laughs> I will kill you. Yeah. Um, and then in in much the fashion where all the all the bad people in this movie get what they deserve, fucking Nazis blow up Boyd Crowder. Yeah, but then there's also a lot of black soldiers that get killed along with them, and it's like they're not. I mean, none of them were bad people that we know. Of. We didn't see them do anything bad. Yeah, they but they're following, the- they're following this guy, right? They're following this guy, and I think they called him. Well, they didn't call him, but there was the uh, the term um, Uncle Tom being thrown around, being like some of these some of these soldiers are Uncle Toms to to the higher white commanders. I don't know if you should be thrown around that term. I mean, I think I don't I don't think they deserve to die because of that. No, I'm not saying they deserve to die. I'm just saying. Yes, like, they deserve to die. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I just, I, I, I there's a lot in, of yeah. there's a lot of innocent people that get killed in this movie, but there are also a lot of people where you're like, it's kind of almost the trope of like, so we, you know, earlier uh, Bishop and Renata, they get caught having sex um, or after the aftermath by stamps, and then they both get killed like in the siege, right? So we see Boyd and those people die in their trucks, and then the Germans start invading the town. Pretty much everyone in the entire town dies. You know, there's it's uh, actually a very well done, well like mapped out scene, like with the Germans surrounding them, stamps killing a lot of them. But Renata gets killed. Her dad gets killed. You know, uh, the chocolate giant gets killed. Bishop gets killed. And then in the end, stamps gets killed. Yeah. Um, and the you, only people you that left. Alessio, you even think Alessio gets killed. No, Alessio's probably fine. Angelo, I think, we thought got killed. Because his name's Angelo. Oh, I did it again. Yeah, but it's... How, how do I forget his name, right? Um, yeah, so Angelo got... You, it's you the think, mean little... It's the little boy, Angelo. You think Angelo got killed? Of course, yeah. Um, You do. And then you see Angelo wake up to his brother Arturo, and you're like, oh, he's really fucking dead. Right. And then Arturo, he's like, Arturo, am I dead? And he's like, nah, you're not dead. You've got more to do. But then when Angela walks up to Hector, Hector sees Arturo and is like, what the fuck yeah. <laughs> is going on? But then they just walk off. Uh, he gives him the head and he gives him the rosaries. <laughs> he doesn't give him head. He gives him the he- the statue head. I said the head. Yeah, well, you just want to, you just want to do that you thing. Better watch it. You better watch it. Um, it'd be a completely different movie. So, and then Hector is about to get killed by a German soldier, but the good German guy comes up and says, "You know, hey, we'll take him as a prisoner. Get out of here." And then he just hands him, he hands him the gun that kills Rodolfo, and says, "You know, defend yourself." Which is funny because he then later defends himself when he sees Rodolfo again with a bullet to the chest. Yep. Yeah, that that's pretty good. And um, you you get okay. So now we're kind of like back in present time in the eighties. The only thing I'm going to say before we are is the the white soldiers, American soldiers come up and they get Hector, and they're like, "Yeah, Almond, who was the central command guy from earlier, wouldn't listen to the recon about this city being attacked, and so didn't send anyone to help until it was too late." And it's kind of you know, aligns with what Boyd Crowder's character did earlier when he wouldn't listen to 
the people telling him like, Hey, we've made it across the river. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then exactly. now we're, now we're in present day. We hear Joseph Gordon Levitt's voice talking to him kind of being like, kind of where we actually left off with him in the beginning. We never see him though. We're back in, we're, we're, we're flashed to a court where this dude is being tried for the murder of Rodolfo, but no one fucking knows like all the shit that we know now. And then dude gets fucking saved. So yeah, all of a sudden his public defender is replaced by Kerry Washington. Who's just once again, just, in a very small scene, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Was Kerry Washington as big in 2008? I feel Probably like not was. before she was in Django, but. So this part's really funny. So the district attorney is named Peter Hammond. That guy was the bank manager in Inside Man, and he was named Peter Hammond in Inside Man. The judge was the DA that Jodie Foster pulled some strings with when he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're such an unbelievable cunt. Yeah. He was that guy, and he's the judge in this. And I love, he calls Kerry Washington up. She's, he's like, what the fuck's going on? She's like, oh, I just picked this out of a hat. It's my pro bono case. He's like, I smell a rat. And my favorite line is, well, if you want to be an appellate judge next year, you better cover your fucking nose. And he's like, oh, shit. Uh, okay, $2 million bail. And she's like, and we're paying cash. That fucking badass. <laughs> so, obviously... Oh, I like also how the judge was more interested in what happened to the statue than actually what happened. What's going to happen to this guy. Right. And uh, we get to are we now in Italy or where are we? We're on the beach somewhere. We're in the Bahamas. We're in the Bahamas. Um, And then Hector is with this random butler guy. Right. I don't know what that guy is. He's like a sage advisor. He's a philosopher. He might be an angel. I don't really know. He speaks in rhythm and rhyme. And I love that Hector's like, what the fuck are you saying? I can't understand you. What are you saying? He just points over. He's just walk over there. Like, I don't know. Just walk over there, there. There's another thing where he's trying to explain how the his benefactor that hired the lawyer got all of his money. And he's like, he invented seatbelts and safety measures. And like, I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, John Leguizamo deals in Nazi art and (laughs) invented seatbelts? You could not think that it was John Leguizamo at this point. No, I didn't. Um, And so so he walks over there. He starts crying. And I love this shot because you just stay on him. You don't know who... What's over there? You know what he's looking at? You you don't know. He's way too far away to notice like a face, right? I mean, especially a 40-year-old older face. But he's crying and he goes straight to bum, 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 the statue head, uh-huh. which we were told it was already it was put back to Italy, in Italy. But I guess Alessio got a got a hold of it. Alessio's like a billionaire now. Oh, sorry. Angelo. <laughs> God damn you. God damn you. Angelo is like he's like a billionaire now. Right. Like that's what he's saying. Like he, he must have invested in if you invent seatbelts i think yeah i guess so so um you get the scene where i got cut off 10 seconds before it ended he's like i'm angelo i'm angelo i'm the boy um i think it would have been better if it almost like if it wasn't hector right if it was train i felt like that would have been yeah i don't know i think you didn't want it to be too happy of an ending 
I, when they did the end of this, I was like, can you please, why did you make it, you dumb it down so much? We knew who it was, right? I mean, you could maybe say it one time. I think if you just, if you just said, it's me, and then Hector goes, Angelo. You know what I mean? Just something like, just much more <laughs> just simpler. Go, it's a me. I, Angelo. Uh, so this movie, like a lot of Spike movies, went under the radar wasn't well liked by a lot of people as I talked about. There's not a lot of facts. Um, Samuel Jackson turned down the role of Hector. That is weird. Because he is so much older than the guy that played Hector. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to do like they're 20 in the army and now they're 60 here. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like, uh, and then Wesley Snipes was originally cast to same issue right there it's weird yeah i i feel like that's just a different movie i don't really yeah you have it where a bunch of old farts are uh are the the soldiers of saint anna and now it's like ah, oh, none of none of them want to do it fuck it i'll i'll hire a bunch of young guys to do it and then in 2019 he did the five bloods the real five buds blood so that's true. sort of yeah sort of brought it back um Man, watching this movie again, despite a few issues here and there, some overacting, um, some underacting maybe in certain spots. I don't know, man. I thought this movie was great. Again, it's... I now remember why I haven't seen it in 15 fucking years, though, is because that fucking... So rough. The the Santa Ana massacre scene is so, so fucking rough. And the movie in and of itself is just very long, you know. It's just kind of a lot of a lot of stuff to get through. Um, but I'm 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 in the same boat as you. I I agree with you. I love this movie. I it's one of my favorite movies we've done um, in a in a while in a bit. Uh, and and man, those boobs, right? I mean, come on. Can't 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 get over it. No, it's it's so good. I I really enjoyed it. I almost feel like it's one of those movies that I'm going to suggest a lot to people to watch if they can fucking find it. I'm gonna yeah, that's true. It's, I had to fucking buy it on Amazon, but I'm gonna just be like, have you have you seen Miracle of Saint Anna? No. Well, you should you should probably watch that. I'm gonna be annoying about it, but it, but it is that good. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And I'm Milan, and I finally watched Miracle at St. Anna, Arriva Dam Derchi.